Hi there, this is Alfie Wattam. I'm London's tech recruiter and the host of the London Tech Talks podcast, where I interview different tech leaders across London and the surrounding areas. Uh, today I'm speaking to Aaron about a few different things. Um, thanks for joining us, Aaron. Um, just to um, give the viewers some context, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you're working on? Yeah, I am the Director of Product and User Experience at for Guardian News and Media. So in my remit, really, what I, I describe my job as the modern equivalent of the vans that used to take and distribute the newspapers. Uh, my groups now distribute them digitally, and so our job is to find the best ways to do that. Yeah. And what's uh, the news been like in, in the media world during the whole, um, in terms of, you know, readership and, and that kind of thing during everything that's been going on? Massive is the answer to that. But you, you'd expect that in a sense. Um, you know, my, I've been in media a lot, um, on and off a long time. I worked for CNN for a decade. And in the same way, when this is probably the biggest news story of our century so far, but, you know, in my lifetime, this is probably the single biggest story I think we've had. And it's a very complex one because of wherever you are, depending on where you are in the world, you may have a different view of this because it, because of how your government's reacting to it. Um, so there's a really international dimension to this. Um, it's been huge for our traffic and also for our supporters. So a lot of people have come to The Guardian um, and as is usual in any of these things, people get very excited by the numbers as they're coming in, but it's a new cycle. So as the cycle moves on, people, people get weary of hearing about it and they kind of want to have their distractions elsewhere. So actually our traffic still, if we'd started here and we went to here, our, our traffic's still somewhere there. Yep. Um, and that's exciting because it's, you know, it's brought us an audience in different places that may not have known us because we are obviously one of the UK's most well-known newspapers, um, but in, we're a global organisation these days. So in the US and Australia, we don't have a physical presence. And so many people are encountering us for the first time. Yeah, well, I, I read The Guardian um, every other day, so um, thanks for keeping us informed. Um, what about during, obviously we're filming this during lockdown, um, Aaron, what's your lockdown experience been like, you know, personally and, and how you've coped with that working and, and that sort of thing? I have worked remotely uh, in the past quite a lot, consulting for different companies. So for me, um, I was very lucky in one sense, which is that I actually had all the right kit to do this because, you know, the... I'd probably, and I'm sure you've experienced this, the one thing most people don't have at home is a chair that's designed to be sat in for four hours at a time. Yeah. And so I had lots of people in my team sitting on old dining chairs and then realizing this is going to be a problem. So yeah. pretty early on in the, I, I used to work with a great pal of mine who went, then went on to work in ergonomics and used to be a consultant. And so one of my first kind of, big team meetings for our kind of senior leadership group was kind of saying, how are we going to address this? Because if you don't address it now, you might have to address the lawsuits later. Yeah. So, because ultimately, you know, repetitive strain and all of these things are really uh, important to think about and having a space where you can work 
that I think for many people, the biggest challenge has been, you know, I feel my heart really goes out to colleagues who have uh, children and don't necessarily either have a pun or, or a support network. I mean, even if you did have a support network during COVID, you'd, it was just impossible. So it's been very, very tough for a lot of people. For yeah, me, not, not so much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I, I um, it's a good point with the chair. Um, one thing I did with with my team personally is and have them send me a picture of what they're sitting on just to make sure that um, it's it's doable from a um a daily perspective. Um, what about in terms of advice, Aaron? Because you've been in this industry for a long time. Um, for those that are just getting into it as uh, graduates and and junior people in the industry, have you got any advice to them that you'd give to yourself when you were? just coming up in this area you know if you have the opportunity so one two there are a couple of ways on this one i mean i've actually this is probably my third career so uh i've been through a number of different things in my lifetime so far but um when i did break into web design and web development in the early days back in the late 90s um my first thing was to build a portfolio of work Mm. Um, so that actually and handwritten work so you know it is a, it sounds like a bizarre skill but here we are in 2020 and I still speak fluent HTML and the latest version of it it's one of the other languages that I have that isn't quite so useful when you want to order food but uh, unless unless you're coding for just eat but I think it's really important to get a get a foothold in a number of technologies and to be honest with you I started out in JavaScript. Obviously, HTML was the lingua franca because it was the basic one. I will tell you, it was a lot uglier back then than it is now because every browser rendered it differently. Nowadays, they're pretty, pretty even. And I'm sure there are people who will listen to me saying that going, that's not true. But 20 years ago, believe me, it was much uglier. Um, and I think that learning a basic scripting language, whatever you do, if you're a designer, if you are a software developer, learning a, a scripting language like JavaScript is extraordinarily good because it gives you an understanding of how things are constructed. It makes you think about things mathematically. I mean, I've, I've, I've hired a few Java developers and JavaScript and front-end and back-end developers whose degrees were in English. Mm. And uh, for me, if you have a solid degree, it's much more important that you have one in a subject that's pretty difficult than yeah. in a kind of range of things. So ultimately, you know, one of the most talented people I've ever worked for, uh, no, worked, worked for me and worked with, I should say, mm -hmm. um, Simon, I mean, he, he, he could talk uh he could talk about literature quite beautifully but actually that was his speciality but if you talk to him about coding and actually writing um he really understood that and he's been a very successful developer for the last decade um and so i do think the key is broaden your range make sure that you have different skills because i'm watching people now who come to me and and the thing I look for is that you have an open mind first and foremost. And so whether you're an engineer or a designer, what I want to see is that you actually have a, an interest in both. Mm. And that actually in my field, the thing that I care about the most is what my readers and what my users think. I'm a product and UX person. And 
I, my mantra is put the user in the driving seat. You're welcome to sit anywhere else in the vehicle, but make sure they're in the driving seat because if they're not, you get into trouble ultimately. And yeah. you don't turn, you hit your profits, you hit, you, you hit your retention. It's always important to really think customer first. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, I definitely second that 100%. Um, brilliant. And, and just to finish off, Aaron, um, if we were to look into your crystal ball, um, it can be in terms of news or, or media or, or elsewhere, but are there any cutting edge technologies or tools or platforms that, that you think are going to have a big impact on, on the future? You know, we're, we're looking at a number of things at the moment, and it's interesting how it's, it feels relatively long to be doing this, but artificial yeah. intelligence obviously has some fascinating things to bring us, and actually machine learning and being able to exploit that is very useful. But, you know, the fascinating thing when you're working within the news industry is you still right now need that human objectivity to actually understand uh, whether you're being played or whether you're hearing something accurate and you need that ability to dig in. So I am fascinated by some of the things coming online. I mean, you know, I get excited by things that accurately capture speech and translate it. Um, mm. You know, it's quite fascinating that we're not as far on 20 years on as I thought we would be, say, back in 2000. Uh, when I worked with uh, Autonomy, I think it was a company that I worked with at CNN, who are capturing that stuff then and i thought within five years we'd have nailed it and here we are in 2020 we don't i don't feel as if we've moved on enough um so i think it's but i think that's partly about credibility and accuracy yeah. and uh, we're not quite there yet though i think we're a lot closer um funnily enough in terms of very basic technology i will go back to my single favorite product at the moment that's the single best thing for lockdown because you know what? Uh, it means that I can talk to you, but I could get up and walk around this room and it wouldn't affect how you and I talk or hear each other. Yep. But it does mean that you're not reliant on me sitting in front of this. So that's a really basic piece of technology that I'm still pretty excited about. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's interesting what you mentioned around um, 20 years ago, what your predictions of today would have been, what they actually turned out to be. It's, it goes back to the old um, quote by the, the billionaire uh, Peter Thiel. He said, we wanted self-driving cars and what we got was 140 characters. <laughs> or a yeah, I know. It so goes it, back to the same idea, though. That's yeah. the simple basic idea of, you know, if I'd given them the, the Ford quotas, if I'd given them what they wanted, it would have been faster horses, yes. not a car. Yeah. Same idea. Absolutely. Brilliant. Well, thanks for taking the time, Aaron. Um, I'll tag you on LinkedIn so people can reach out if they've got any, any questions. Um, but thank you for watching, guys, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks a lot. Cheers.